0: Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. you ready for the Word this morning? I got so excited. I left the candles at home this morning and so first service didn't have any candles and I got so frustrated about that I forgot to download my sermon. And so, but I got my candles, I got my Bible, I'm fully ready for you for this service. And so C.S. Lewis has this great quote. He has this great quote and says, joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is the serious business Business of heaven. In other words, the business of heaven is to bring you joy. It's a serious, if I were to title my sermon this morning, it would be The Serious Business of Heaven is Joy. And the gospel this morning is taken out of Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 through about verse 12. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word, just because that's what my grandmothers did, and it reminds me of that little church on Oak Street. And verse 8, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Look at somebody say, thank God for angels. Mm, mm -mm, I just preached this morning on angels. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Man, if you see an angel, can I tell you, your first response is not going to be, oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the angel said to them, fear not for behold i bring you good news say good news yes. wow we could use a little of that couldn't we Amen. i bring you listen if you're waiting for abc cbs nbc fox to bring you any good news that's not how they make their money that's right. they bring you money by bringing you bad news but the angels of god show up and say good news say good news, good news. of great joy wow That will be for all people, not white, black, green, yellow, not on that side of the border, not on this side of the border. This is for everyone. Say everyone. Mm. For unto you is born on this day in the city of David a Savior. Wow. Say a Savior. Mm -mm -mm. Who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Oh, God, this morning, I pray that we hear angels. Oh, God, this morning, I pray that your good news would break through all the bad news. I pray this morning that joy, unspeakable glory would just fall on your people. Lord, it's been a while, but I'd love to see this place fall out in laughter. I'd love, Father God, for a spirit of joy just to break out in the midst of our congregation. So I'm asking you this morning for that joy to be released. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Man, we all live by the stories we tell ourselves. How many of you know you got this inner narrative on the inside that just kind of goes and goes and goes? And that if you really want to change your life, you have to change the story that you tell yourself. That it's really not just the stories that other people say. It's the stories we tell ourselves over and over. The stories shape who we are shape what we do and again if you want to change your life change the stories and the interesting piece to me as I've spent a life pastoring people is that most of the time the stories they tell themselves are snippets snapshots if you will I have grandkids and if you're not careful you'll listen to just a snippet of it he pushed me he pushed me first well, he did it. You never want to listen to the snapshots that come from one perspective, ever. It'll get you in trouble every time. You see, snapshots do not. T- Instagram is not the story. Can I tell you? Many of you get depressed when you see postings on Facebook. Can I just tell you that the things you see on Facebook are the cameo shots of people's lives. You don't want. They ain't showing you the pictures of their real life. They're showing you pictures of their wannabe snapshots. Twitter is not the whole story. TikTok. No, I'm not downloading TikTok. It it makes no sense to me. Snippets of lives or or Marco Polo, I'm here. Call me. My number is 620-314. Call me. Don't send me a Marco Polo. I don't care. But see, our lives have been reduced to feeds Our lives have been reduced to these snippets, snaps, scenes. Listen, one scene from a movie is called a trailer. It's just enough to get you to watch the whole movie. You don't want to be living off of trailers. You don't want to be living off of scenes or snapshots. Church, world, can I tell you something? You don't want to judge your whole life experience based on the scene of 2020. You don't want to evaluate your whole life based on the divorce you're going through. You don't want to base your whole life based on the moments of your lives that are trials and tribulations. You you don't want to base your whole life on those scenes. Some of you ought to be shouting because this is not your whole story. This moment that you're living in is not going to define you. And some of you keep repeating that story. And the story has moved on. It's you that stuck in the story of yesterday. It's you that stuck in the trial that has been. And it's over. If you'd shut up, no one else remembers it. I have people all the time tell me, oh, pastor, I'm too embarrassed to come back to church. And I have to look at them and go, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, frankly, you're not the center of my world. And that's the problem is that we think that that snippet of our life is in the front of everyone, it's Christmas is a lot like that. Did you know non-believers believe in Christmas? But non-believers believe in the snippets, the snapshots, the scenes of Christmas. They don't really know the whole story. They know the major scene in the mall, right? They know they know the postcard or the picture that comes on the. They They, they live by headlines and highlights of the Christian story, and headlines and highlights has proven this year to be nothing but trouble. Headlines and highlights are not the whole story. Headlines and highlights are just many times the opening scene or the trailer to what's going on. Now, now I got to tell you, Christmas has a great opening scene, right? Angels in heaven, mangers, swaddling clothes. It's a great scene of how the prophecies of Isaiah are fulfilled through the virgin named Mary great scenes. Joseph changes his mind because of an angel. Say with me, thank God for angels. We'd be in trouble if it hadn't been for angels. I mean, the donkey ride, thank God Mary isn't stuck over the donkey ride. I mean, most women I know would still be telling you about the donkey ride, right? I grew up hearing about the donkey ride. Uh, thank God. I mean, mo- thank God most women don't tell you about the pain of the delivery, but about the joy of the child, right? Snapshots. And most people know the snapshots of Christmas, the swaddling clothes, the Prince of Peace, the angels in heaven, the wise men. They, they know snippets and they build the story of Christmas around those things. But can I tell you, Jesus didn't stay in the manger. Jesus didn't stay in the carpenter shop. He didn't stay in the wilderness. He didn't stay in Galilee. Listen to me. Jesus did not stay in the upper room. He faced Herod and Pilate and the Pharisees. He didn't stay on the cross and he didn't stay in the tomb. All of those are but snippets and scenes of the story of Jesus Christ, but they're not the totality of the story. Listen to me. He wore a crown of thorns, but he's not wearing it today. Hear me. He is seated on a throne in heaven, but he ain't going to stay there. You see, the story of Christmas is that he came the first time so that he can come the second time. He's going to get off that throne. And can I tell you something? He's going to come. And Christmas reminds us that there is a whole story. And the whole story is about how Jesus will never remain separated from you and I. That he desires to be with us oftentimes more than we desire to be with him. And we've celebrated how God is the hope of us. That he is our peace. And did you know that hope plus peace equals joy? I love this portion of the story because he says, Good news, great joy. I would just love for once all the networks to start out with, Good news, great joy. Just once, just once. It's never happened this year. Not one time have you turned on Good Morning America and heard anything good. Not once. They might end with some rock star singing, but by the time you get to the dude singing at 9 o'clock, you're so depressed you don't care. Good news, great joy. Isaiah said it like this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, he has appointed me to preach good news. I mean, the angels are echoing the prophet of Isaiah in the 61st chapter, good news, And Isaiah goes on to say, to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom from the captives, the release of darkness from the prisoners, and the acceptable year, the favor of the Lord. But the angels just say, great joy. The angels don't go through that process. They just say, it's all joy. It'll be joy when the poor hear the gospel. It'll be joy when the prisoners go free. It'll be joy when the the blind see and the lame walk in the favor of God. That's joy because Jesus will be born. And when he comes, he'll right every wrong. Oh, you're not listening to me this morning. Good news, great joy, Jesus is here. That's the problem. Is the story is so familiar that it no longer excites us. The story of the good news of the fact that this joy, the wise men call it exceedingly great joy. Say it with me, exceeding great joy. I mean, Peter says it's unspeakable. He can't put it into words. Have you ever seen a kid open a Christmas gift and they couldn't talk? I have them on video. Have you never experienced that? Then you didn't buy the right gift. (laughs) I'm serious. See, the joy of Christmas is to buy the gift that they're least expecting. It's not on the Christmas list. But you know them well enough to know that if they unwrap that gift, it'll touch them in such a way that it'll take their breath. See, rather than buying six gifts for your kids, buy the one that lets them know. See, that's the birth of Jesus. It, it's so unexpected. It's such a... I had that happen to me on my 12th. It's my his 12 years old. Uh, maybe you didn't do this, but I, I do. I, I'm narcissistic enough to look under the tree. I know the rest of you are not that self-absorbed. But but at 12 years old, I, I, I pushed... Her gifts and his gifts and their gifts, and I was looking for the one that had my name on it. There wasn't one there. It was depressing. Got up on Christmas morning, and there was not a gift under the tree that had my name on it. And they all opened all their gifts. I was sitting there. I was 12. I was heartbroken. I was in darkness. <laughs> and my dad says, Quentin, go out go out in the back porch and get, get the trash can so we can put all this in it. I walked down the back porch, and, and, and some of you will know what I'm talking about, and there was this Honda minibike. Red A Honda minibike. I'm telling you, I'm laying on the back porch. I'm hyperventilating. I, I'm still getting excited right now. See, I mean, I think it cost $395, but it, but in the 60s, it might as well have been $3,000. I knew instantly that mom and dad had sacrificed. And they had, I would never have asked for it because it was unbelievable. See, have you ever had that kind of a gift? That it just touched you in such a way, something unexpected. Surprise! Great joy. Good news. You you didn't think it would ever happen, but God has become a man. He's come into your world so you can touch him and handle him and taste him and see him. See, See, joy can change your mindset. Joy can drive out fear. Joy can remove every anxiety. Joy is power unleashed. For the joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah says. If you have joy, you have power. While ago, you were powerless, hopeless, strengthless. But joy, that's the results of a gift. Joy, that's the results of a gift that touches you so deeply that it'll mark the rest of your life. Exceeding great joy. And they brought gifts. Joy that makes you long to give that experience to another human being. See, when Christmas touches you so deeply that the only thing you can do, Kent, is think about passing it to another human being. See, evangelism is lacking in the world today because it's never experienced Christmas. Without Christmas, there is no Easter without the birth of the child, without God having stripped himself of all of his glory and become man. Thank you, Jesus. I believe in virgin birth. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's out there. I believe in angels. I don't believe in messenger. I believe in angels that come to say to you what they've heard from God. One of the difficulties with the 21st christianity is it's devoid of the supernatural it's devoid of the expectation that an angel could appear to you on the way home could appear to you in a dream you don't listen when jesus was born he didn't send angels on furlough i'm just telling you The New Testament is filled with the experience of these angelic creatures that were created to bring you messages, to fight battles. In fact, the Bible says we entertain angels unaware. I wonder how many times you cussed out an angel. I wonder how many times you swore under your breath because you were running late, and you got delayed, and you avoided that accident, and it was an angel that kept you from crossing that train track. I wonder how many times we are surrounded by angelic beings that are withholding the powers of darkness to harm us. Ah, Listen, if I do the math, every human being on planet Earth has about 39,000 angels assigned to them. And yet most of them are unemployed. Because the Bible also says that an angel hearkens unto the word of the Lord. And guess where the word of the Lord is? In your mouth. And you're so busy peddling conspiracy theories. You're so busy repeating bad news that the poor angel is just sitting there going, They need counseling today because they're just waiting on the image of God to speak the word of God so that they can move to bring to pass the will of God. Am I making any sense? Thank God for angels. I'm just looking for a group of people that are crazy enough to believe in virgin births and angels. That changed the world. I'm just going to believe tonight when I close my eyes, I'm going to have dreams of angels. Oh, well, we really could, could Daniel saw angels, Zechariah got a word from angels. Joseph got a word from angels. Peter had an angel deliver him out of the prison. Wow. How many of you would like to have an angel show up and unlock the door? I'm on the inside, but he's on the, he, John had angels talk to him for the book of revelation. The whole book of revelation was delivered by an angel. Angels, beings created, good news, great joy, for unto you, 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 all, is born a Savior. Wow. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And We sing it every year, and we read it off the screen. It's funny to me. We're waiting for the words to go. I've been singing that song for 50 plus years. Let earth receive. Fear not, because the child has been born. You'll find him here, the saving God, the God that runs into the burning building and drags out people, runs back into the burning and pulls out people, runs in, the Savior. Drags your butt out of the mess you're in. Pulls you out all the while you're still talking about it. Angels, gods, kings, dragging you out of the flames of hell. And all you can do is talk about how bad the donkey ride was. Look at your neighbor and say, good news. Israel, in the backdrop of this story, is Israel, right? Israel knew what it was to go through hell. Israel had been in captivity, you know, that Pharaoh thing, remember? They knew what it was to be the people of God and yet be in bondage. They knew what it was to be the people of God and walk around in the desert for 40 years. They they knew what it was to have to rely on bread and water falling out. of. They knew what it was to have to fight the Philistines to take their grapes. They knew what it was to have Philistines attack them and steal their wives. Wives, I'm still trying. (laughs) Israel understood what it was to be occupied by Assyria, to be attacked from this country and that country. Israel understood what it was to live in exile with a Babylonian king throwing your children into fires and your prophets into lion's dens. Israel, the people of God, the people that had the tabernacle and the temple, they understood what it was to live under the power of an occupied force. They understood what it was to live under the umbrella of a religious system that was evil, that hurt people, that judged people, that set people aside, that stoned people, that said those people can't follow God. They understood what it was to live under an evil occupation of Rome, and even the place they turned for hope, the Pharisees, didn't give them any. They had reduced the presence of God to a system. They were going through the motions of the Passover, but they had forgotten the stories. They had forgotten their ancestors who lived through hell because they believed that the Messiah would be born. They really weren't expecting anything to happen. Even in their own writings, their king, the great king, you make known to me the paths of life, and in your presence there is fullness. King David, Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand There are pleasures forevermore. I mean the king that they all looked up to said, I have known the joy of the presence of God. I pant for that presence. One day in your courts, this king, David, the foundation of the temple and of the people and the nation of Israel said, listen, to live in his presence, that is joy. In the book of Acts, Luke would write that you make me full of joy in your presence. Say, in your presence. Can I suggest to you that what we need today is to be in His presence. Great news. Great joy. His presence has come to the earth. That's what Christmas does is remind that God came to be with Emmanuel. We hear the words, Kent, but we don't catch the reality. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll ascend into heaven, but I'll send my spirit to always be in you. That God is here today. His spirit lives in you, his home, his abiding place, the tabernacle, that you are not alone, that God is right here in this room, in your heart. You're not alone. Great joy. And yet, Christianity, for the most part, lives without joy. David said, cast me not away from thy presence, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me, but rejoice unto me, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. See, joy that we have today doesn't come from this world, and according to John, you cannot take it away. Because the joy that we are to be experiencing is about the restoration of a relationship, not the following of a set of rules or codes or doctrines. Good news, great joy, my presence is available to you. Merry Christmas. And yet, because we're familiar with the story and focus on the snippets and the snaps and the scenes, we miss the reality that joy is supernatural and it is empowering. Can I tell you that on the back porch of that little house, my soul was filled with power. That when his joy floods your life, the strength of God comes into you. That you're bigger than the giant that you're greater than the wilderness, this announcement by angels, this joy that comes, that restores, turns the lights back on, according to John. Church, in 2020, we need the lights to come on. In 2020, there should be a shout of joy that raises up out of the believers of God. Israel understood that darkness. In fact, the prophet Habakkuk, I love that book, Habakkuk. I've been ready to preach this for about two months and I've been with Habakkuk. I mean, everything had failed. They were going to go into captivity. The government had failed. Religion had failed. Everything was, and in chapter three, verse 17, he said, the fig tree doesn't blossom. That's not good. The fig tree doesn't blossom nor the fruit on the vines, nor the labor of the olive, and the fields will yield no meat. The flock will be cut off, and there'll be no herd in the stalls. That's not good. And yet, look at your neighbor and say, and yet, I will rejoice. Where is that? I'm just asking. While we're wringing our hands over this or that, where is the rejoicing? In the midst of the downfall of everything, the prophet said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. Hello, church. Good morning, America. Let me tell you, our response to all of this crap should be joy. Our response to this is a choice because God has promised to never leave, never forsake, that he would come. And before Christ ever was born, the nation of Israel knew how to rejoice, and when they forgot how to rejoice, they sunk into real trouble. Hello. Merry Christmas to live in exile under the rule of another and yet find ways to be empowered by the reality that our eyes are on you. Our hope is in you. Our peace comes from you. And we will rejoice. To rejoice means to leap. If I didn't have these boots on, I'd jump and dance. To leap. When's the last time you saw it? Listen, most people won't go to a church that leaps. That's true. They won't go to a church that falls out in holy laughter. I can remember it, Kent. Laughter, we just go. Pah! Can I tell you what happened? The kids grew up. The kids grew up and became cynical of that experience. And today, we have 35 and 40 years olds that don't want to be embarrassed anymore by laughing. Hey, look, <laughs> He's alone. Two. I got two. Are you listening to me? Our response to the world should be joy unspeakable, indescribable, laughter. I'm praying for laughter to break out. And some of you stiff necks just fall out giggling. It's happened before. I'm telling you, I've watched it happen. I'd move this way and that whole side. Tana was here. Four rows would just start giggling. I'd go this side and that side would just fall out. Yeah, I'm crazy. But can I tell you something? America needs a little crazy. They need a little angels showing up and a little people going, oh my God. Merry Christmas. Are you living on the snippet of the past or are you looking for the whole story to be revealed? I love what Paul said. First time I ever heard this verse, I, I know where I was at. I was at a funeral. My cousins, 22. That family had three children: two girls and a boy. The two girls are both dead. Cystic fibrosis took her life at twenty-one or twenty-two. Yukon, uh, Oklahoma. Went, went to that funeral and family. We met at the family's house. Benny and went to their house and we got in the cars and we drove. And when you turned, Stephanie had written her own funeral. She's graduate of, K, of Oklahoma State. And, and she had written a few, and when we, when we pulled into the cemetery, you ever been to a cemetery? And there's those long winding roads and you can see that tent sitting over there. When we pulled in the cemetery, it's estimated that it's somewhere between 12 to 1,500 Oklahoma State University students lined that road. And they were clapping. I'll, I'll never forget it. I was about 23, 24 a year or two older. And we got out of the, out of the cars, and they grabbed a hold of that casket. You know the six most important people in your life are the people that's going to take a hold of the handle of your coffin and carry it to that place? You ought to find out who those people are. Be nice to them. They grabbed that coffin, and they turned. And, no, what's, that's not true. Wait a minute. That coffin was already there. That coffin was sitting there. You never saw the It's just this pile of flowers. And we stepped out of those cars, stood there and got ready to walk. And the priest, yeah, the Dutch Reformed priest, all robed in white, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And that whole place started singing this old Dutch hymn. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Because in death there is no sting. in grave there is no victory. And Stephanie beyond the grave spoke to us about how even in death there is joy. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice! Today we're upset because the guy didn't win. Everybody sit there and look at me. We're upset because this didn't happen. That didn't happen. We're upset because we had to wear a mask. We're upset because Rejoice! And again, I say rejoice. Christianity should be rejoicing in the face of an empty fig tree, should be rejoicing in the face of the trials and the tribulations of this world. Because our joy doesn't come from the circumstances of this world. And I'm not talking about what side you're on, I'm just talking about how either side could rob you. I'm just a priest and a prophet going, hey, no matter what happens, our joy comes from the Lord. And it's joy that they didn't get. I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in the peace that passes understanding. Come on. America, Christians, church, Wake up, I got good news of great joy. A Savior is born to you this day in the city of Bethlehem. I love what he writes to the Philippians. He, just two little words, rejoice always. Look at him and say always. always. Wake up, have joy. This guy didn't just preach it, he lived it. In front of the magistrate that could take his head, he went, I think myself happy. Right, now I got nothing to be happy. Your great granddad killed all them babies in Bethlehem. Your dad did it, it took off the head of Herod and I know you could kill me but I got news for you. I got such joy in the Lord and when he got done testifying they went send him on. I mean Paul even says if I have acted crazy it's because I know that the Lord loves me. We need some more crazy. I think I'll start a new church, the crazy place. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. He, he didn't just preach it. He, I think myself happy. When the boat was falling apart, he said, cheer up. Be a good cheer. And the boat was going to sink. He was going to grab a tube for and float. And, and you know what? His, his faith in God and his song was going to lead to a snake on his arm. And guess what he was going to do? Shake it off. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. This man lived what he preached. Um, I mean, he's in jail. Hands behind with Silas. And he begins to sing. And the doors fall off the jail. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't look that bad. Or even Peter. I love what Peter says. In this you greatly rejoice. Say greatly. Though now for a little while, if need be, you be grieved by various trials. He didn't say you weren't grieving. But he said in the midst of the grieving, rejoice. Sorrow not as those that have no hope, but rejoice. He goes on to say, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice in inexpressible Say with him, I don't see him, but I'm going to rejoice anyway. I don't see it. I don't understand it. Uh, My favorite verse of Peter is Beloved, think it not strange that something strange has happened to you, but rejoice. Quit thinking it strange that something strange. Do you understand there's a devil? I I can remember standing there holding Porter. I I didn't understand. He was dead. I didn't understand. And I had. Had family on both sides standing there staring at me. I knew, Kent, that the words coming out of my mouth. God needed another angel in heaven. B.S. God's got a plan. B.S. God's in control. Uh -uh. None of those cliches worked. That's my grandson. And I'm standing there. And the Lord said, you got robbed. You see, in the world today, because of the enlightenment movement and humanism of man, we have come to believe that there is God and there is man. And if man pulls himself up by his bootstraps and has enough faith, he will not experience trials. And so we have reduced the human experience to God, and man, if he stops sinning, gets good enough and knows how to. And the reality of it is there's three there's God. There's man, and there is a devil that's fighting us. There is an enemy, a roaring lion. It goes around, and he will steal, kill, and destroy if you go to sleep. Oh, you're not listening to me. We struggle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers and high... There's a war going on, and we run off with a caffeine overload and a donut hole. We forget to put on the belt of truth and the breastplate. We just jump up and throw a prayer up through the shower walls and go. Listen, I've been praying every morning for over 40 years because I know I'm walking out there into a fight. Get robbed. But the joy of the Lord is my... You see, the only way we're going to withstand any of this is with some joy. Joy. Because I need to be empowered by the reality that I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. That I'm not made happy by the things that happen on this world. But I'm empowered by the reality that I'm not alone. That's why James backs up and says, consider it joyful when you fall into different temptations. Do you understand that every trial, every temptation, every hardship you're going through puts stress on your spirit? Do you know that if I want to build a muscle, I don't, but Pete could talk about it. I lift weights. I don't care. But, I, but you know, you got to put stress on that thing in order for, to reveal the potential that's within that arm. That if you don't put stress on that, the potential for muscle will remain hidden. Did you know the enemy will put, God allowed the enemy to be here because he puts stress on us. But as we resist him, it reveals the potential that's inside of us. So when you face various trials, rejoice. For he's taking all things and making them work together for your good to reveal the potential of the power that is resident innately inside of you. And what you meant to destroy us will actually reveal who we are and you'll fall into the pit that you dug for us. Oh my God, come on. So all of the last 10 months, look out because there's something being Am I making any sense? So count it all joy, James writes. I love the way it's written in the Amplified, verse 4. For let endurance and steadfastness and patience have its full play and do a thorough work so that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects and lacking nothing. Oh my God, this pressure that we receive under trials and under the stress of the enemy, under the resistance. It's actually working in us so that we'll be fully developed. We'll be defect free. All the dross of our lives will be pushed out of us. And what will be revealed is the man or the woman that God designed us to be full of himself, full of glory and power. Lacking, say lacking, lacking. nothing. The Bible says that when the thief comes, that he has to restore sevenfold, Proverbs 31. Sevenfold. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm expecting. I'm expecting the angels to bring. Oh, my God. One of my favorite verses is Acts chapter 3, verse 19. The back of the side of the verse, B, one nineteen 19 19B, in the Amplified says, times of refreshing. Say Times. Say multiple, more than once. How many of you ever needed to be refreshed? I just say just refreshed. I was. I need times of refreshing, of the recovery, of the effects of the heat. It is not lost on me that half of Western America is under fire. Huh? It's not lost. If you pay attention, everything in the physical is a revelation of. It's not lost on me, but he said, you can recover from the effects of the heat of the reviving with fresh air that comes from the great news. God is here. Listen, he threw those three Hebrew boys in a fire because they would not worship him. He threw them in a fire. And when he threw them in the fire, he went, didn't we just put three in there? I see a fourth man walking in the fire that looks like the Son of God. What's he talking about, Henry? Daniel 3. Read it in your leisure. Fourth man, like the Son of God. Get them out of here. They really must be the children of God. See, everybody wants to be in the presence of God, but nobody wants to be in the fire. Everybody wants to be in the presence of God, but we don't want to go through anything. Heaven forbid, because we've been told if we have faith, we can avoid. Good luck with that, sis. Have fun. If you tell that dribble, when people go through suffering, they stop believing. If you sell them that line of goods that they can avoid the trials, the tribulations, and the temptations, then when it doesn't work, then they give up. But if we tell the truth... In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. The tribulation we're in is not the whole story. And they pulled those boys out of the fire And the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. The Bible says, sorry, A-D-D. I struggle for moments. I really struggled as a child and dad's middle finger was so strong. I just thumped it. Never mind. I pulled them out of the fire. And the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. No signs. Say with me, I'm coming out with no defects. No even signs that there ever was a fire. In fact, I'm going to walk through it drinking lemonade with the Son of God. I had one word for 2020. focus. Focus on the presence of God. Focus on the promises of God. Hebrews chapter 10 is one of my favorite. I can tell you where I was seated when this verse was read. And I, it went, pow. Hebrews chapter 10. Remember those early days after you had received the light? Anybody here remember when you got saved? Wow! When you endured the great conflict of full suffering. Anybody ever witnessed to somebody after you got saved? All your drunk buddies. You remember that? And you said, I can't go there no more. I can't do that no more. I can't talk like that no more. few of you. And and they made fun of you. He said, you remember after you had received that great light and you experienced this suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. When I made up my mind to serve Jesus, I was working for my dad. He had a construction Business, big business. and uh, Listen, just because you were the son of the boss didn't mean you didn't work. Not if you were Mansell's son. And, 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 and I couldn't stop cussing. I had trouble. Now, none of you did, I understand. You all were born with a silver. But I had trouble because I had grown up around all them construction workers. And they didn't know how to say good morning without telling you where to go. And I could, I'd go to work and I'd try to... And the only Bible we had in the house was this white family Bible that the first congregational Christian church of Eureka, Kansas gave to us when we got married. I, we still have it. And, and we carried our tools in, in pickle buckets. Anybody know what a pickle bucket... Think of a five-gallon paint bucket. It was a pickle bucket. And we put our tools in there and, then when we, went, and we went to, to work. And... At 10 o'clock, you got a break, and they had benches made up of 2 by 12s on concrete blocks, and you went in there, and you pulled out your cookies or whatever, and you sat down. And I took that Bible, and I stuck it in that pickle bucket, and I went to work. And when 10 o'clock came, and they tell dirty stories, Jenny, I'd go sit on that 2 by 12, and I'd pull out that Bible and my Oreo cookies, and I'd start reading my Bible. You know, it took about three days. And everybody shut up. I didn't have to listen to that no more. See, how many of you remember when you were subject to the insults? I went from being the boss's kid. there comes the boss's kid. To being the preacher boy. And they didn't mean it nicely. They meant it insultingly. You remember how they insulted and persecuted and other times you stood side beside those who were so treated. Now, my little story means nothing in light of the fact that they just peeled the skin off of Paul. My little story means nothing when you think about how they crucified Peter upside down. My little story means nothing in the light that they filleted and burnt Thomas at a stake. But look at verse 34. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you had for yourselves better and lasting possessions. Now that's a crazy verse, Tana. If if you walk in home after lunch and you're expecting to walk the chiefs on TV and some jerk is carrying your TV out the front door, it is going to be hard for you to be joyful. It is hard to find joy when you're burying a grandson. It is hard to find joy in the midst of being robbed. But you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew you had better and lasting possessions. Church, listen to me. I can tell you where I was seated when I heard it for the first time. If the devil can't get your joy, he cannot keep your goods. Listen, he really is after your joy. He ain't after your TV. He ain't after your refrigerator. He ain't after this or that. He's after your joy that comes from knowing that even in the midst of trials, God will never leave you nor forsake you that he'll take this moment of our life and work it together and somehow we'll be better in our end than we were in our beginning. I could give you the verse or you could read the book. (laughs) Joyfully going, hallelujah. I mean, you got to be nuts to stand there and praise God while you're being robbed. Rejoice, and I again would say rejoice as we walk to that graveside. Rejoice as we held that child rejoice in the middle of a virus, in the middle of what looks like a country having lost its mind. Rejoice because the God that's greater than the circumstances has been born unto you this day in Bethlehem. A Savior has come to you. My God, we should be singing and dancing all the way to the car. We should be doing what Pete did, leaping and throwing our hands in the air. We ought to For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. See, joy is the spark of your faith. If you don't have any joy, you'll never have faith. Joy is that reality that comes to you in the knowledge that I have come that you might have life. I love the NIV. That you might enjoy life. Enjoy. Some of you haven't enjoyed anything in so long, you don't know what it feels like. Enjoy. I love that. Fear not. Listen, any of you ride motorcycles? Listen, if you ride motorcycles, do not go with Dale. (laughs) I'm just telling you right now. He made me load up that motorcycle in 108 degrees. We took off on a Sunday afternoon after I preached my heart out. And we drove out through western Kansas, 108 degrees. When I got off that motorcycle, it's true, the side of my leg was hot. It red. I had to put suntan oil or something on it. And then we got up the next morning and we drove over that pass. What pass is that? We go to Montrose. What pass is that? Monart Pass. We go over that pass to this town called Montrose. Everybody been to Montrose? Well, if you go to Montrose and turn left, you go to this little city called Uray. Anybody been to Uray? It's this beautiful. I say what? Hooray, yeah. I'd rename it hell, but anyway. Uray, it's this quaint little town. Got these little shops, all these people walking around. Oh, we don't stop. We go south of Uray, and there's this called the Million Mile Highway. It cost a million miles, a million dollars to build a stretch of road. I think it was built post depression, something. And uh, it's twenty four. It's actually twenty three feet eight inches wide. How many been anybody ever been there besides me? Get on YouTube. You watch it. It scared the snot out of you. Here is the mountain. There's the yellow line, and 3,000 feet later is your grade. <laughs> well, the posted speed limit is 15 miles an hour. And I'm on this bike that weighs 800 pounds, filled with other stuff on the back end of it. I am scared to death. What's Dale do, my friend? He leaves me. <laughs> Goes off to the top of the mountain. I, you know what I'm doing? I'm praying in tongues. I mean, I am am sweating bullets under there. I get about two miles up, and if I could have turned the thing around, I'd have gone back. And they had one or two of these little places about six foot wide, gravel, and you you couldn't. And I got off and walked around that bike, cussing Dale, crying out to God. All the way up, 20 some miles. I get to the top of it, and there he sits on that blue thing from Mars. Thought I'd break him. in. If I had known I was going to live through it, I'd have had more fun. Here's the question. If you'd known you was going to live through it, would you be having more fun? What is it that you've been through that if you'd known you were going to make it, you would have enjoyed the ride? I'm telling you, we've been going through some stuff, but we're going to make it because the king has been born. And if you knew you were going to make it, would you be having a little more fun in the midst of, fear not, have some fun because we're going to make it. You've all had that moment. In fact, America's having that moment right now. The world is having that moment, but can I tell you, it's not a story, a a snapshot, or a TikTok. The Christ was born in Bethlehem on that day. That Christ was crucified, rose, and resurrected. He's sitting on a throne, and he's going to come back again, and my joy comes from the reality that he chose me, and if this is the ride he wants me to ride, if this is the journey he's called me to walk, then bless God, I'm going to have a little more fun. I'm going to enjoy the trip just a little more than I have been. Am I making any sense to anybody this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to rejoice. Because it's easier to rejoice when other people are being crazy. If you get crazy, I can get crazy. If I get crazy, you can get crazy. Maybe the whole world can get crazy by rejoicing that the king has come. And he's coming again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my. The joy of the Lord is my power. I told you last week if you'd come back, I'd give you a snippet of what I hear the Lord saying for 2021. So here it is, just, just a snippet. Ephesians chapter one. Verse 17 says, "May God give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation of the knowledge of Him." You you do know that His Holy Spirit has come. And that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll give you great power, right? Paul says, I'm praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation has come, that you might know the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling? That you might know what the hope of his glorious riches, prosperity, is yours. But this one, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Anybody in here believe? Then there is an exceeding great joy, or you could put it, an exceeding great power. Can I tell you that this has been a year where we had to focus? I'm telling you, this prophet didn't get it wrong. We had to focus. And I'm telling you, 2021 is going to be a year of the revelation of his exceeding great power. And it's going to be preceded by people that can figure out how to rejoice in the time of trial. Am I making any sense? I'm ready to see a display of his exceeding great power towards us who believe. If we believe that, then we could start rejoicing right now. Ooh. It's your choice. Good news. Great joy to all people. Christ has come. Give the Lord a shout. I had a friend of mine tell me last Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember, about how, how, you know, Christmas is that time of routines. I hope that you, I hope that what I do in the midst of these moments is, yeah, 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 you know the story, but let me give you another piece to the story. Let me make it bigger for you, right? Stand with me this morning. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers. And that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless, and I'll see you next time.